Hello and welcome to the Career Speakeasy, a casual, fun, and irreverent place to share ideas about career development, the world of work, and life in general. I'm your host and proprietress, Kelly Nottingham. Growing your career should not be boring. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pick your poison. One of the saddest thoughts that people have shared with me over the years is this. I'm unhappy, but I'm comfortable with it. I like to call this the siren call of occupational despair. It's giving up on having hope that work can be anything more than that thing I have to do every day to survive. We plop ourselves down in one spot, a job, a company, a profession, an industry, a lifestyle, a way of being, and we just sit there day after day for so long that we forget that we can actually do something different. We can go to a different place. We can explore different things. This is no way to live. And over time, we forget that we have the skills and capability to see new horizons and to explore further. We can sail to a different island, whether that's a new job, a company, a new industry, a new lifestyle, a new way of living. We can go in a completely different direction and we can regain a sense of curiosity and wonder about the work that we do and the world around us. So instead of listening to the sirens who are trying to lure us into that world of unhappy complacency or even of just not being happy, not even unhappy, just not being happy, of not feeling excited about our work, we're going to start listening to some new sirens the Sirens of the Development Odyssey. These sirens are calling us to get back into our boats and start exploring. So let's do it. Now, before we get into the Development Odyssey, we need to talk about some foundational stuff first. So we're going to start off with discussing a career development plan or an individual development plan, or you may have heard of it uh, called a skill development plan. Lots of companies are starting to put these in place now to help their employees to develop in their jobs. And that is where most people are familiar with these, is through their employers. Now, this is not to be confused with development plans that sometimes HR folks refer to when an employee has gotten in trouble and they may have been um, put on some kind of supervisory probation or something like that, and they're having to work on getting back up to their status as a regular employee. Uh, Dear HR people, please don't use the word development this way. I'm begging, I'm begging, because people get the wrong impression of what a development plan is. It's not a remediation plan necessarily. Okay, anyway. So I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about this more basic level of a development plan so that we can really understand the difference between a development plan and a development odyssey, which is much bigger than just a regular development plan. So I'm going to refer to these throughout the episode as a CDP, a career development plan. I personally like to think of these as being broken into three key parts. The first one is not what a lot of people think it would be. It is actually starting with the end in mind. You need to know the destination you're trying to get to. 
So for a lot of organizations, this means that maybe you're looking at a specific job or you're looking at a specific department within that organization and you're trying to figure out how you can get yourself qualified to move into a job in that department or with a job that requires these certain qualifications. So there are multiple ways that you can start exploring this. You can look at job descriptions within your company. You can do some informational interviewing within your company to find out more about what's out there. But let's just say that maybe you don't want to stay within your own organization or that you work for an organization that's so large that you're just really not even sure where to start. Maybe you know you're not happy with what you're doing right now, but you're not really sure where you want to go. Before you just jump into action and start doing stuff, we need to figure this out. So there are lots of places you can go to start discovering this. In fact, I went simply on Wikipedia and found the International Standard Classification of Occupations. This is a huge list that the International Labor Organization uses to organize information on different types of jobs. It's called International Standard Classification of Occupations. There are books that you can go to to find out uh, a lot of times at your local library that talk about the different types of work that are out there. This is a great place to start if you're just really not sure what you want to do. You're looking for uh, your next path or your next development, maybe within a specific industry, within a profession, or maybe something completely different. You can also start snooping online. You can go uh, on LinkedIn, for example, look at the connections that you have, look at some connections that your connections have, see if any of those jobs sound like something you might be interested in doing, and start reaching out to those people for help, for conversation around what they do. Now, if you are within an industry that has a professional association attached to it, they may have industry standards or competency models or specific certifications for your type of work or the type of work that you want to move into that can help provide you with some ideas of that end destination. What are the things um, that someone in that job needs to know how to do and the experiences that they need to have in order to be successful in that job. The second key part of a CDP is to look at where you currently are. You have to know thyself before you go on this journey because otherwise you don't know where to start. You can do different types of self-assessments to help you figure out what your skill set currently is in a certain job, in a certain industry. You can compare your list of experiences and education with, for example, that one of those job descriptions that you found online from step one. You can also ask for feedback from people who are going to give you good, honest feedback. These could be previous employers. It could be leaders that you work with. It could be people that work for you. It can be people that you work with as a peer. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind on this second part. Be aware of imposter complex if you tend to fall into this, which means you tend to rate yourself really low in a skill set. 
or you tend to think that you aren't maybe as qualified as other people. Um, you're afraid that you're going to be found out. Um, and that can cause us to really critically judge our skill sets unfairly in comparison to other people's. The other thing to be aware of is the Dunning-Kruger effect, which essentially shows that human beings are not good at judging our competence at things. So while imposter complex, we tend to downgrade our understanding of our skill levels with the Dunning-Kruger effect, we essentially don't realize that we don't have the skills that we actually think that we do. We don't know what we don't know, and we overrate our ability to do something. So those are two reasons why it's so good to get good, solid feedback. Now, other ways to know yourself. Look at formal training and certifications and see what you have, maybe certifications that you've done, and taking a really good critical look at what you know so that you can compare it to what you need to know for that desired role. The third is looking at your experiences, practical proofs that you have that you know how to do a thing. So that is part two. Part three is now we design how we're going to get from point A, where we are currently, to point B, where we want to go. Don't jump straight into doing stuff. It is so tempting to just be like, I know what I need to do. And we just jump straight into it without taking a critical eye to understanding what it actually is that we need to do. So once you have this this end in mind, you have where you're currently starting out in your plan, you can backward plan. So you can say, if I need to have this set of skills and I currently have this set of skills, what do I need to do to get myself from point A to point B? Use SMART goals. We've talked about these a whole lot. And if you need a primer on goal setting, you can go back to our previous episode. Make sure that as you're designing development goals for yourself, no matter what area of your life that those skills that you're working on uh, are in, it is really, really important to be able to measure those skills. This is the one specific area of the, that smart piece that a lot of times people miss out on is the measuring of it. So you want to be able to set a development goal for yourself that is clear enough that you can actually mark it off of your list and say, I have accomplished this thing. Now, what this means for us is that sometimes our development goals are going to have to be reworked so that they are within our sphere of control. If you are looking to move into a new profession and get a new job by such and such date, know that that might not happen depending on a million different things that could be going on with that job application. Instead, you could set a SMART goal for yourself to be qualified to apply for these jobs by a certain date by getting these skills and these experiences. That puts it firmly back into your sphere of control. It gives you a definite list of things you need to do, and it helps you to be able to mark those things off of the list as you get them done. All right, so many of you may have heard of the 70-20-10 rule for professional development or for development in general. 
This basically says that 70% of your skill development comes from on-the-job experiential learning. 20% comes from professional relationships and networking and coaching. And 10% comes from formal traditional learning. These numbers um, are not really necessarily the best to look at and try to categorize into your life because a lot of things are going to depend on what you need to focus on depending on what you're trying to do, right? So an art historian is probably going to spend a lot more time in the formal learning stage than someone who's training to be an artist is going to. So I would recommend that you think instead of not really trying to tie down those types of numbers, but to think about these buckets of ways that you can learn and to make sure that you're getting a really broad approach to the way that you're learning. So you can also think about this as on-the-job or practical experiential learning, social learning, and formal learning. That's another way the OSF model that is now being talked about a little bit more in the training world um, as ways to think about skill development. But you'll want to have some formal training, feedback from somebody else, and conversations with others. That's the social side of it. And then actual practical on-the-job experience. And that's where I want to lay down a big truth for this episode. To get better at doing a thing you have to do the thing. It's not enough to study. It's not enough to talk to other people. It's not enough to read about doing a thing. In order to get good at something, you have to do the thing. So where are you going to practice these skills? Build that into your development plan. Now, these development plans can also be multi-stage. You may have... um, you know, that you want to get promoted into this role, you want to be qualified to be promoted into this role later on, and so on. And that's fine. Uh, But as we talked about, these types of plans have a definite end goal. All right. So that is, in a nutshell, what a career development plan or an individual development plan is. Three parts. Start with the end in mind, where you want to go, The second is where you are. And the third is how you're going to get from point A to point B. Now let's talk about, for the next few minutes, the difference between a career development plan or any kind of development plan and a development odyssey. A plan is linear. It it usually runs from, like I said, point A to point B, which means it usually also has a clear end. And you go straight from point A to point B. Usually these types of plans are a compromise between the employer and the employee. So an employer is not necessarily going to care if you want to become a real estate agent when right now you work in accounting for heavy manufacturing, right? So these types of plans usually require some kind of compromise. An odyssey is much more fluid. It's meandering. It has no actual end. Instead of going from island one to island two, like we would during a plan, an odyssey is meandering and stopping off at different islands along the way. 
And it's built on what you find that motivates you, what you feel that your purpose is, and what your your mind and your heart and your gut are telling you to explore along the way. A career development plan uses logic to make the decisions. An odyssey adds on this huge, thick, beautiful layer of intuition, of following your gut, and of following your curiosity. You're going to see way more than plot points on a career path when you look at a development odyssey. Instead, you're going to see themes. The curiosity that you allow to come out during a development odyssey allows for connections between disparate parts of your life. So, for example, I have a current job that I do. Part of it is podcasting. Part of it is working with corporate clients. Part of it is working with individual clients who want to improve in their work. And I have certain development plans for myself for the year that I'm working on to get better at those things. But I also have my development odyssey that really is pointing in a general direction of what I feel my purpose is. My odyssey in life is helping other people to feel more joy in their work and in their lives, to support others, to experience growth. So my odyssey is far bigger than just my development plan. It's pointing me in a direction and letting me just sail in that direction. Now, some of you may be saying, okay, Kelly, that's all well and good and la-di-da, but I need to know what I need to do. And I get that. These two things, a career development plan or a general development plan, and this development odyssey can work together to help you move forward. The plan is fairly concrete. The odyssey is much more ethereal. And what I have found interesting over the course of the years that I've really been exploring the direction that I've been going is that my odyssey has actually clarified things for me. It's not opened up too many things. It's actually helped me to focus more by understanding the direction that I'm trying to go instead of just sitting on that one little island and feeling like I have no clue where to go. So how can we start to build a development odyssey? The structure, if you want a structure around this, which I would recommend at least having some structure, can work very similarly to the development plan that we just talked about in the sense of what do I want to learn, where am I now, and how do I learn this? However, it is far broader and it doesn't require that there be any direct tie to your job. So for example, I was working as a corporate trainer and I decided that I wanted a new hobby. So I started taking belly dance lessons, having no idea that in the six years or so that I have been doing dance, that I'm actually trying to accomplish the same thing in my work, in both dance and training. And that those actually blend together far more beautifully than I ever thought they would. So when you're thinking about what makes you curious, 
Don't limit yourself on whether it makes sense for your job. It may not make sense logically. And it may honestly never tie in with your career. It could, but it might not. And that's okay. You can start by asking questions like, oh, what is that over there? Why is that? What does that person do? Keep track of what makes you curious, especially if as you're working through your development, you pop upon an idea that's like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how that ties in with this. If you don't feel like you have time to explore it right then, make sure to keep note of whatever that was that makes you curious. You can come back and explore it later. I like to keep track of this personally in an app called To Do. I can keep track of my ideas and inspirations for new things um, as soon as they pop up. I have a master list of interesting stuff to explore and I add to it at will, like literally all the time. I have it on my phone and it connects to my laptop. So every time I pop up something on that list, I know that it's going to be there. I'm able to follow up on it when I have time. This year, I'm actually picking one each month to look into and explore. And it's really keeping me excited to figure out which one I want to work on next. And each month gives me a little bit of a chance to try something new. Now, this app works for me, but you can be as creative as you want and need with the tools that you use. The absolute best tool to use is whichever one that you're actually going to use consistently. So be flexible, be curious about what tool you can use for this. Feel free to get others involved. People want to help. So you can find a friend who may be wanting to start exploring things too. Find someone to help you with some basic accountability, even if it's just an email once a month to say what you're going to work on or a buddy that you can say, hey, I just found this interesting magazine and it made me think of this other thing, Uh, just so that you have someone to share some of your ideas with. Next, and this is so important, you are going to have to make space in your life for this plan and for your odyssey. Your career plan is going to take time. Any development plan that you are working on, no matter what you're trying to develop, is going to take time. It's going to take some energy and it's going to take some headspace. On top of that, as you work on your odyssey, you're also going to need time and headspace, but you're also going to need what I like to call gut space. Sounds so attractive, doesn't it? If you have a better name for this, feel free to share them with me. When you hear the term headspace, I think a lot of us know what that means. It's basically giving your mind time to sort of think and process. Well, gut space works much the same way, except instead of letting your head take over, you're letting your intuition take over. This means scheduling time for yourself to do some exploration with no distractions and no pressure to produce results. Expect to stop off on an island of learning and discovery that you will never come back to. That's actually part of the process and it's part of the fun. We learn a lot by what we don't enjoy too, and it can help us to clarify what it is that we're really moving toward. As you start exploring, look for themes. Look for the threads that tie your interests and your curiosities together. 
you see those threads coming out, when you give yourself the freedom to not have to produce around this and you just give yourself a little bit of freedom to think and to process and to feel and to be curious. All right, it is time for last call. Number one. Oh, this one is demanding because it is five minutes of your day today. I would love for you to spend five minutes today just mentally exploring topics of interest to you. What are you curious about? What is it that maybe someone else has tried that you've thought to yourself like, huh, I might be interested in trying that too. A former colleague of mine just posted on LinkedIn actually today that she got certified as a skydiver. Now that is interesting and who knows where that's going to lead. But obviously she has a taste for adventure. That's a thread maybe that runs through her life. So what are you curious about? Spend five minutes today thinking through that. Number two, this week, find a mechanism or tool or just a spot on your wall for some post-it notes to start a curiosity list. This doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be final. It just needs to be functional for now. Number three, if you don't have a more formal career plan, or a more formal development plan of whatever kind it might be, and you want one, start one. Again, the tool is not as important as making the plan. A piece of paper will work. Start with step one. Where do you want to go? Now, if you really want to start a development plan, or you want to start building out the ideas for your development odyssey, and you really aren't sure where to start, You can reach out to me about working with me one-on-one to put one together. This is a huge topic. Uh, Normally with my corporate clients, I spend at a minimum two hours of a workshop teaching the basics of this concept. So I'm happy to work with you individually if you're interested. I'll be gentle, I promise. All right, so that's it for today, everyone. Happy sailing. Let's go explore. Well, thanks for joining me. If you have suggestions, feedback, or just something random you want to share, email me at careerspeakeasy at gmail.com and come visit again soon. Cheers.